back to Reading into the Unknown, a podcast where we dive deep into topics relating to self-growth, mental health, university, as well as some of our other interests, such as travel and language learning. My name is Monica. And I'm Christina. And in today's podcast, we have a super exciting guest, Stuti Hector, who is a very longtime friend of mine. We've actually known each other for over 10 years now, and I'm really, really excited to have her on the podcast today. Stuti is a penultimate year computer science student at the University of St Andrews, and I'm just so excited to have you here, Stuti. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I'm super excited to be on this podcast. For a little bit of context, I wanted to start by saying how me and Stuthi actually met. So I can't actually remember when we met Stuthi. I can't remember how we became friends or when we met. Like it, it obviously it was some chess tournament, but I don't remember what one. But I do remember we've had so many different memories and so many different chess tournaments. Right now to me, all just like merges into one big holiday of a chess tournament. I don't know how to describe it. I'm sure you yeah. have the same feeling this was such a long time ago I think it was probably maybe 2011 or so it was maybe one of the like junior chess championships that we yeah, played in absolutely. and then from it from then on we just played so many tournaments together and I feel like our friendship just started to grow from there and like we became older and we just got really close and it's just been so it's been so nice I feel like we've obviously now that we're super busy with you know uni and everything we've not really we've not really had very much time for chess so I just wanted to talk more about university and how you have found your experience at university now that you're almost graduating which is crazy yeah because I think we were just speaking about how I met you once in London and that was just before we were starting first year and that literally seems like it was yesterday Monica it's insane and obviously COVID happened so I've had one year of you know in-person lectures in-person uni and I didn't really make use of it because I just never went to lectures and now I'm sitting here wishing I had gone to those lectures um but yeah uni's been really good I can't I just finished third year a week and a half ago just my last exam and it's been third year's definitely been a step up but it's been really really rewarding yeah I wanted to ask you actually so you're now done with third year which is crazy like so am I and we're almost done with uni which is absolutely crazy and I feel like this last year you'll probably be able to relate that it's just kind of flown by like it's just kind of passed by if that makes sense and I wanted to ask you if you how you found this year because it's been very challenging for a lot of us and how what are your sort of like impress not impressions what's the word what what have been your sort of reflections this year doing you know virtual virtual online university and how you've coped you know with regards to burnout and like have like overworking yourself and just how you found this year overall and maybe you can share with us like any helpful techniques or anything that you found yeah so as you know I I just study 24-7 sometimes and sometimes especially if you play chess you know like we play chess five six hours a game so it's quite easy for us just to sit down and concentrate and do one thing you know for the whole day without any we can just concentrate and not feel you know too distracted but I also sometimes feel that that's kind of I'm not gonna say a curse but like obviously it's a really good habit to have but then you know you just kind of get into the spiral of you just keep working and working and working and then your mind kind of gets you know like work is always on your mind 24 7 just because you can concentrate on it and you don't get distracted so I'm just trying to like obviously in this COVID world because everything's virtual I feel that's made it much worse because your home and your work are the same place so your place of relaxation and your place of work have kind of been merged into one so because of that, I'm literally trying to work less and less and less. And surprisingly, my grades haven't, like, there's not been a big change in my grades, even though I've reduced my work. So some tips I, or like some tips and tricks I have was one, like to make a to-do list, like the night before, I don't know if you guys do that, but I make a to-do list of like my top priorities, put them in order, how much time I'm going to spend on each subject or each task. 
And that to-do list isn't just, you know, studies. It's also when you're going to be relaxing. Because I feel like in every to-do list, people always say, oh, yeah, you have to do this, this and this. But, you know, if you just keep working and working and working and you don't give yourself breaks and you don't, you know, plan your breaks, you can kind of easily get burnt out if you keep doing that every single day. So that's one, you know, really big thing that's helped me structure my days, which is to-do lists. And something else is like, you know, I guess typical distractions, keeping your phone away, keeping yourself away from social media. Not ideal because I got TikTok in like January. And sometimes I just feel myself, I just like scroll through TikTok for hours and I just kind of forget. So that's like a very big distraction, which I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, minimize. Other than that, I think in the middle of the day, you should take a walk. I feel like a walk is very underestimated. Everybody's like, oh, it's a walk, like nothing's gonna happen. But you know, just get some fresh air if you've been at home all day, which is quite common when you're working virtually as well. I, I totally relate to everything that you're saying um, about, you know, being in the same place working and like I'm working from my bedroom. So I can literally, my bed is just behind me. And something that I've taken away from what you just said though is the importance of like scheduling your breaks because I don't do that I've like I've always thought oh yeah like I'll do a to-do list I'll you know write down everything that I have to get done that day or the next day but then I just think okay when this is done I'll have time to rest but then if it's not done I'll just keep working or even if it's not directly work-related you know whether it is uh, working on this podcast or some of my YouTube videos that's still like it is my hobby but it still requires a degree of discipline and a degree of you just sitting down and getting the work done and some some of the work um is not fun you know like I really enjoy editing videos but there's maybe a part where I'm like oh actually this this particular part of the video isn't very exciting but it still needs to get done and really scheduling your breaks would be so much better I feel and Another thing that you mentioned going on walks, I feel like these past few days, I haven't feel, felt very good uh, mental health wise. And I think it's because I haven't been on going on that many walks. Uh, maybe that has contributed. But um, but in the past, when I when I used to do that quite frequently, I, I did feel that it helped. So, yeah, thanks for those tips. I'm, I'm definitely writing those down and I'm um, using those. And another thing, finally, with knowing when to like take a break like today for instance I I just I like don't even have time for like eating you know what I mean it's really important to focus on your mental well-being and like taking care of your body rather than as you say like sitting there for five hours or even more and just getting the work done because like you said again it didn't really make a difference in your grades uh, if with you reducing your hours of work so it's more to do with are those hours being uh, fully productive? Are they are they really bring the results that you want and adjusting in that way? Yeah. Yeah. And also like, I guess you can also relate it back to chess because remember when we were playing these big congresses with like insane time controls and we'd have five, six hour games, like we never just sit on the board for five, six hours. I mean, there were some people, but like we normally take small <laughs> for five, 10 minutes. And then you come back feeling really refreshed and able to look at the chess board, it's chess position from different perspectives. So I feel like, you know, do that with your work as well. Take a few breaks and you'll be more refreshed when you try and tackle your tasks. I was gonna say, I feel like that's such a good comparison what you said about chess, because, you know, if you play a chess game and you just sat there for four hours, you're probably not gonna play as well as if, you know, you're you take breaks throughout because you know you get up you stand up you go to the toilet you get some water you have a little bit of time to just get out from the board and then when you're back you're way way more focused and I feel like as she said that's the way to go with with how you approach work and something else I wanted to talk about as well is what you said about your to-do list, I really like that because I'm such a planner. I'm I'm not like a spontaneous person that just wakes up and decides what they're going to do in their day. Like I, I, when I wake up, so I really like that you do this the night before. I'm someone who probably, I mean, sometimes I do it the night before and other times I wake up and I sit in bed and I plan my day ahead. 
I would be like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to make breakfast. Then I'm going to do this. This is, this is what I'm going to tackle, blah, 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 blah. And then I get my diary and I write like a to-do list. And I wanted to ask you quickly. So when you do your to-do list, do you write like, for example, do computer science coursework, blah, blah, blah at this time? Or do you write like three things that you need to get done, like little goals? Or do you have like a full on timetable for that day? Or is it just like individual tasks that you feel like you need to get done? Um, I just jot down the most important tasks and prioritize them. And after that, I just like, if I have any more time, that's kind of like a reward for me. So that's either free time or time to do additional tasks, which, you know, it'll be better. So then the day after I don't need to do it. So I just, you know, um, jot down essential tasks. Cause I always assume like, obviously, I don't know, I do computer science, obviously as a degree and that can you know that's like coding a lot so and it's kind of really hard for me still I'm in third year to estimate how long tasks will take especially in coding I don't know if you've had that before like but there can be definitely there can be obstacles where I yeah you probably had this when your code's just not working and you're just sitting there for hours and hours and it's probably just something like a missing colon or something so (laughs) that's why I I just try and focus on the essentials and assume that the essentials will take a really long time. How do you guys do it? Yeah, I think I think that's good. I think it's important to just have a priority list and try and get those done. Because I used to write like a bunch of tasks that I felt like I needed to get done. And then I felt overwhelmed because they weren't manageable tasks. I always, I'm always very optimistic. And I write like 10 things and realistically, I'm not going to get those 10, th- 10 things done because it's just not realistic. And so now what I try to do is just do maybe like three things that are essential. And if I get those done, that's fine by me. And I totally feel you with the coding thing because I had to do a coursework. It was like a coding, it was a Python coursework. And I was like, oh, it's going to take me two hours. Literally took me like the whole entire afternoon because I was like so stuck. I was like, oh, what am I doing here? But yeah, I feel like it's hard to actually estimate how long the task is going to take, especially as you said, you come across problems that are just unpredictable. Whereas if you're doing maybe like a coursework and you kind of know how to tackle it, you have a a, a good idea, you're like, okay. Or for example, a tutorial of questions, you're like, okay, these questions like will take me this amount of time. But at the same time, I don't really like to be restrictive because before I would say, okay, it's going to take me two hours, but most of the time I take way longer. So it would just put me off and then it would like, like that task would take over the other one and it would just have this like knock-on effect. So now I just, yeah, I just set like three tasks that I need to get done and then I just get them done and I feel like accomplished. And something else I wanted to say really quickly as well is I totally understand, like I totally relate to the fact that you said when you worked a little bit less, it didn't actually have a big impact on your grades. And we've spoken about this before in the podcast with with regards to Parkinson's law if you know what it is it's basically like this curve where you have like your optimum your peak optimum performance and then after that when you're even so it's basically time so the longer you work and so that it's time at the bottom and it's performance at the top so obviously you start out here with no time no performance and then you go up and you work your way up and you work a couple of hours and your performance is at its highest but when you wait, work for way too long, your performance is going to slowly come down because you're going to get obviously really tired. Like you're going to get tired over time. So in the first semester, I worked, I think you can relate to this, Stuthi. I used to work from like nine till probably nine, 10, 11, because as you said, it's really, really difficult to separate your work from your from your uni because you're like in the same room. And especially if you're not lucky enough to have a different room where you can where you sleep in a different room where you study because I don't have that like I work and study in the same room so for me at the beginning in first semester it was really difficult to have that separation and I also was really bad with going on walks it was really also because the weather was bad so I had like that excuse of like oh the weather's not great I'm gonna stay indoors and I just really struggled with with them going outside and keeping this good balance so then I then when I came into second year, uh, sorry, into second semester, I was like, okay, I need to really improve on my timing. I need to just have better 
time management so what I did just kind of before exam before exams kind of maybe like a month before I started just working like nine to five and that really worked wonders for me so what I did at the beginning was I went to the library every single day I tried to go most days and so sorry I'm going off on a tangent right now but um what I wanted to say is so to go to the library it takes me about an hour and I used to not want to go to the library because I was like okay I have to walk for like over an hour like it's going to take way too long but then I thought okay I'm way way more productive when I'm in the library so I would walk literally like how many miles every day I don't know I would walk like a couple of miles every day just to get to uni and then I would do like nine to five and I worked so well. Like I was like, I've not done so much work in my life because I didn't have any sort of distraction. So I worked nine to five and then I could get home and I could literally relax and not do any work at all. Like I can come back, I could come back, make dinner, like make a nice dinner, just like get cozy at home. And it would be like the best feeling ever because I had that sort of like, okay, this is work and this is home. Whereas when I was at home, like I didn't know when to stop and it was very like oh I feel so guilty when I'm like not working do you know what I mean like I feel like I should be working all the time so for me like that really worked and the nine to five and turns out I just did my exams last month and they went really 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 well in comparison to last semester like they went really really well so I definitely think that like just because you work less hours doesn't mean you're like not as productive or that it's going to have like a massive effect on your on your success or productivity or you know what I mean so yeah (laughs) yeah no that's that's great I agree completely I was gonna say the same I was gonna mention Parkinson's law that we have talked about so many times on this podcast um just because many times like answering your questions Stuti like I also make to-do lists I haven't really lately but sometimes when I feel like I have a lot to do I would bring out my to-do list and I would say okay what are my top tasks that need to get done and I would write them down But then I tend to maybe like put a little star or like highlight the most important tasks and then jot down other things that need to get done, but don't have as much priority so that I know that that day I want to tackle these, as you say, Moni, just two or three things. And then if there is time, I will do the other ones. But also there's that um, danger, let's say, of giving yourself too little to do and then you just spend like let's say you give yourself two you give yourself two short tasks to do and you have like all all day to do them then it's going to take you a really long time to get them done whereas if you really tell yourself okay I only have until five today or I only have until uh, midday then you'd like really wake up and say okay I need to get this done as soon as possible and I feel like that really has an impact in my productivity if I give myself shorter amount of time to get tasks done than I would I had to do something for work just right before this podcast and I genuinely I thought it was going to take me three hours but I was like no it needs to get done <laughs> by the end of like the working day and I, I just got it done because that's the time that I had yeah so Sudi, thank you so much for the tips I also wanted to ask you about what other things that uh, it is that you're involved with, with a university I know that you're an advocate for STEM especially promoting STEM um, amongst Uh, women like us and uh, yeah would you like to describe a little bit about what you're involved with? Yeah so um, apart from uni I back in January I joined this accelerator program called Adventure and basically what they did was um, co-founders could sign up also people looking to join startup could sign up and it was all student-based student-led and I got paired with these two amazing co-founders who like their mission was to you know increase the amount of like people going into STEM exposing loads of people into loads of high school students more specifically into STEM because right now there's such a major shortage and no one ever really thinks about STEM especially the like women and the girls in high school and so I joined that back in January and it's been an insane learning experience especially coming from STEM I didn't think I could get involved with like business because you always associate like oh like people from STEM they stick to STEM and then people who do like economics finance business always go into business but I also really wanted to try out like business also like the speed of startups and you know just 
get myself immersed in that and it was it's well it wasn't a good experience it still is an amazing experience and yeah so on top of my uni I basically I am in charge of I guess the product that we offer and I just try and make continue continuous improvements on what we offer by speaking to schools our universities and also I guess the customers themselves so the kids and also uni students just you know so everything's focused around them and what they'd like to see and and that's been yeah insane so is it more focused to secondary school pupils and try and get like an, an increasing uptake um in stem like degree yeah in the university we have i guess two kind of streams uh, you could call it so one is to you know s1s s2s s3s kind of give them workshops and one-to-one mentorship um and then the other stream is s4 s5 s6 so kind of like revision sessions helping with exams exam stress personal statements university choices and basically the people who mentor those students are from uni so uni students can i guess sign up to mentor these kids and in return we're hoping to give them some perks which we yeah haven't discussed a lot yet but like that's in, that's basically the plan so both uni students and high school students would benefit from this greatly okay that's amazing and so if someone were to be listening to this episode and thought hey I would like to get involved how would they do that like if they are you know a university or if they're in high school or if they know someone in in like secondary school who wants would want to participate we have a website where you can sign up so I will definitely send you guys that and we have some social media channels as well if you'd like to give a follow amazing we'll be linking them down below (laughs) for sure and um what sort of motivated you to get involved in this at the beginning even back in school and I'm sure Monica and Chris you guys can relate but when I took computer science I was the only girl and even in chess like we were there wasn't many girls so in these highly technical logical subjects like chess math cs we don't see many girls and not even just girls but the percentage of kids who are even exposed to these like stem degrees even chess isn't you know like as good as like the amount of people or kids who play say football because it's been exposed to them every day so I just want to yeah try and inform these kids into what STEM degrees offer and you know really reiterate that if you do a STEM degree like it's if you like STEM you should do a STEM degree like you know take away these misconceptions especially that can be associated um yeah yeah no I I totally agree with you and I think you know, I'm actually involved with other STEM initiatives at work. So like, I'm definitely checking out your links and like having a chat with you after this too, to see if maybe we could like collaborate in some way. That would 100%. be amazing. Yes. Yeah. But I think it's so important to, as you said, encourage young girls to pursue careers in STEM. Because as you said, Stuti, it's just not, we're not exposed to that as, a, as young girls. I genuinely did not know what engineering was until I actually studied it at university. You know, I I just kind of Googled about it a little bit before choosing what to study at university, but I didn't really know what it was. We never had any engineering modules or any engineering classes or any sort of, yeah, any sort of exposure like that. Yeah, because when I was in high school, like obviously, like we were lucky enough that we had a subject and I could take computer science and kind of get a taste of what it is. But it would have been really nice if I had mentors or university students to talk to about what it actually entails. So that's also why we started to provide that support. I'm so glad that you guys started that and that you're involved in such a good, you know, STEM startup, because I think like it's just so important to be able to have this influence and be able to help younger students who don't have these mentors and role models because I'm the exact same like you guys know that I was involved in Femmes and Rwanda which our mission is very very similar again it's to try and like get a higher increase the uptake rather of young females and young girls in high schools and secondary schools to try and 
follow a career in STEM as well. So I'm all about that. And I also wanted to say that, so I'm also part of FemEng who, who was part of, who basically uh, started FemEng in Rwanda. And I'm just so happy with the work that they're doing as well because they're now reaching out to schools. So I wanted to ask, do you guys, is it more of like a private thing where you contact students or is it um, reaching out to schools and, and doing that? Um, so initially we are just promoting on social media, but we do have plans and we are planning to reach out to schools, to universities for, and even companies for partnerships. So if you guys know anyone, I would appreciate that. <laughs> for sure yeah no genuinely I mean it we we should talk about this afterwards and, and yes, see 100%. what could be done because like in my office it's we're really passionate about promoting STEM and I'm now in charge of organizing this event for International Women in Engineering Day on the 23rd mm-hmm. of June um, so I'll be like delivering a webinar we've got lots of ideas to, wow. um, to do with exciting. that so yeah very exciting stuff. Yeah. I sorry I'm like changing the topic a little bit but I wanted to ask you I just thought about this I wanted to ask you so you're doing an internship with Amazon right yeah I just started last Monday wow and I wanted to ask you like how did you get your internship and how how was it and like what are you doing in your internship and everything because it's so good that you've secured an internship like in third year so I just wanted to ask you more about that thanks so actually um I got like a recruiter messaged me on LinkedIn. So my first tip to anyone who's watching is get LinkedIn and add all your experiences there with good keywords so that there's more of a chance for recruiters to find you and message you um, about opportunities. So yeah, so basically I got, I guess not headhunted, but I guess, yeah, just a recruiter reached out to me And I thought it was super interesting because I'm actually not doing software engineering. I'm doing something called business intelligence engineering. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. No, could you explain? I mean, so basically all like loads of businesses have loads and loads of data. So basically business intelligence engineers, I guess, speak to business people. um, And then these business people have different problems they like to tackle, for example, can I think of one on the top of my head? For example, how, like, where is our, like, what are users buying the most? Or, yes, yeah, so something like that. And obviously, then we have this big data set and we use like SQL, different technologies to come up with the answers to these big questions. And that kind of drives, that then further drives the strategy of the business. So we basically get questions, we come up with, the answers using data and then give them back to whoever asked that question. Making data-driven decisions, driving the future, driving the company forward. Amazing. So even though it's not directly exactly the same as what you're studying, let's say you still use a lot of what you've learned because you're, you're using different mm-hmm. technologies. You're still using your coding. Yeah, it's still and- quite technical, but it's not software engineering because I think especially I don't know in computer science what I've experienced is that everybody like your cohort are always like it's all about software engineering and I just wanted to explore like I think software engineering I like it but I don't think it's for me personally and not many well I don't know actually but software engineering is everywhere so it's you're definitely exposed to it more and more and more. And yeah, so as I said, it wasn't, I don't think it's for me. So I wanted to really explore the different other branches that tech has. And I hadn't heard of business business intelligence, but the more I researched into it, the more I thought it was perfect for me because I'm super interested in business and I'm also super interested in tech and business intelligence is the middle of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the perfect bridge. I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, so you think that you prefer business intelligence engineering because of that um, combination. So mm-hmm. does that mean that you, that's the reason why you're not as inclined to pursue a career in software um, development yeah. or software engineering? Is it because there's not much business involved? It's very much just like yeah, behind so, the scenes. Um, Obviously, software engineering, it's really good. I have so much respect for everyone who does it. But personally, I don't think 
I don't know. Like it's it's just coding, and I do like coding, but I also like to be involved in the business side, or like why am I coding what I'm coding? Like, how is it going to help? What impact does it have? So I want to be involved in those whys instead of just doing what's told to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally get you. I feel like I'm very similar as well. I think that's why I haven't chosen directly like a very technical role. Like I I started Mm -hmm. chemical engineering, but I'm not directly doing process. I'm doing project controls engineering, which is, as you say, more like, it's not directly client facing, but you still have a, a broader picture of why everything is being done rather than just focusing on designing um, the processes. Yeah. And I think there's so much more to be explored in the world of technology than software engineering. Like obviously software engineering is the most part, but there's more different branches that you know, you yeah, I want, I wanted to say, I feel like with what you were saying, like business intelligence, you get to see the impact that say your code has on people and like the customers and you see it more from that perspective, because I mean, I'm not really sure probably, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but with maybe software engineering, it's more like, like more in the back and you code and maybe you don't see it more on like the impact that it has. I'm not um, really well, I guess software engineering, it definitely depends what you're doing. So if you're, without getting too technical, if you are doing something which is visible to the customer and you're designing that, so for example, if you're designing, you know, the, a new Instagram layout or something, you're coding that up, you can obviously see that, like that impact. But however, like in business intelligence, you are working directly with the mm. stakeholders and giving them what they want and by that you can kind of see what impact you have like what data you're it's basically data analysis and then making conclusions and providing that so it is kind of like very impact focused well more impact focused I think yeah so it's more like so what you referred to the first example is more like front-end development right yeah. And the other is more like building client relationships and being more focused on that perhaps as well. Mm, yeah, client relationships. So you definitely have to have both technical skills and soft skills because you're not just coding. You're mm-hmm. also speaking to different people who'd like access to your data, what data they'd like, what metrics um, they want and things like that. So I think it's definitely the best of both worlds, both tech and business. And that's why... I've been enjoying it so far. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to part two of this episode here with Stuti. And I want to ask you, Stuti, that you have gotten a new dog recently. Um, Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, my family got a new dog last year. Um, we actually got him last March. Um, we didn't know that COVID lockdown was going to happen. So we kind of, so basically in the dog buying world, you have to reserve dogs, I think two or three months before you pick them up. That sounds like, it sounds like I'm objectifying a dog, (laughs) but no, I'm not. But basically, yeah. So we, I guess, made this decision to buy a dog in January I was kind of reluctant because as you guys probably know, I was so scared, so, so, so scared, terrified of dogs. Whenever I used to see a dog like walking up the pavement, I was always like crossing the road to the other side. Or like if I was with my school friends, I just like hold on to my school friends and like for dear life, I was like, oh my goodness, a dog's passing by. So I was kind of reluctant to get a dog, but obviously my family wanted a dog and I didn't really want to stop them. Um, And I knew that once I got a dog, I would kind of be less fearful. So yeah, we got a dog and we actually picked him up the day before lockdown, which was really, really lucky for us because we didn't even know a lockdown was happening before we got a dog. So yeah, so he arrived. He was literally this, this small. And the first month I was terrified. I was, he was this small. I know looking back, I was like, oh my goodness, you're such a coward. But no, I was terrified of him when he was a puppy. 
for like the first two weeks so like I would never like be in the same room as him or like if I want to take a photo of him I'd always like stay really far and like take a photo so um that happened and then I think he kind of picked up that I was the fearful one in the family so he was I, okay so basically he would be really nice to my dad my mom my brother because they were all showering him with love and then to me because he knew I was scared or I just wasn't you know wanting to pet him or anything he would just like bully me like bite me and like bark at me <laughs> no way <laughs> it was like the randomest thing so um I kind of just had to man up and face my fear because like he I just didn't want him to keep targeting me so I just had to man I guess I just one day I was like no I, I just don't take this anymore and I just whenever he used to kind of try and bite me or scare me I would just like be more assertive and kind of try and face my fear so I guess you could say that because he bullied me I'm not scared of dogs anymore because I actually found the courage to stand up to a puppy I know that seems so like just hearing myself say that like I had to stand up to a puppy because I was scared of puppies that sounds really like insane but I was really scared but now I'm such a dog lover because of like I think getting a dog has definitely been the right decision because now I'm so obsessed with him I feel like now I'm so obsessed with him that he literally thinks I'm annoying Oh. I cut him like I cut my dog so much and like feed him so many treats like it has to stop like I spoil my dog 100% like whenever I go out shopping I'm always like hmm let's get buddy something you know let's get him some food or let's get him some treats or toys so yeah he's like really spoiled by me now um and yeah it's been so refreshing because the whole of lockdown I have been looking after him taking care of him and you know I think I've been walking much more because of him. Like every day I have to take him on two walks and that's been really refreshing. And it's just nice when, you know, you're in lockdown and everything's like mentally, you're like, oh no, like I can't meet friends, but because I have a dog now, it's, I think it's much better. Yeah. And is, is this your very first pet or have you had any yeah, before? It's my first pet. Like I'm just not an animal person. Yeah, but I think I relate to you to some degree because Monica and I, we've never had pets in our lives. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's kind of normal to have that, like you would want to distance yourself from from this unknown creature. Like, you know, if you're not used to having dogs around, you'll be like, oh, I don't know, like, will they be nice to me, et cetera. And it's when you actually get to know them that you warm up yeah. to them. I feel that I don't do that now but um I think Monica was a bit more uh, frightened than me maybe but uh yeah I I wasn't a big fan of dogs like running after me like in the street I'd be like oh like I'm, I won't pet them I'll just kind of walk away and that kind of thing until about two years ago when I was volunteering um in Cambodia I like coexisted with around like six puppies and like uh, two other dogs and it was just at first I was a bit scared like everybody would be like petting them and like playing with them and I'll be like oh like stay away but then they were just so cute and as you say like like you, you're saying now you're so obsessed with your dog it was a bit like that like I just became really friendly with them etc and you just know that it's not scary I mean I don't know this because I was two years old but a dog tried to bite me when I was two and mm-hmm. uh, my uncle saved me <laughs> And so I was like, fine. But my, my dad told me about this story and he was like, oh, maybe that's why you were scared of dogs all this time. But I think it's also the fact that I just haven't been exposed to them like in close contact like that. So it's totally normal. You know, it's not completely irrational fear, I would say. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really have any traumatic experiences with dogs. I just, yeah, as I said, I wasn't an animal person. So when I got my puppy, I was so like, I, I don't think, anyone could believe I was so scared like he was this small and I was just running away I was never in the same room as him just running away from this small puppy (laughs) and now looking back I'm like oh I should I shouldn't have been scared because I could have spent more time when he was because you know they grew up so fast so yeah I guess that's like a small regret but I mean I couldn't help it so if I get another dog when like he's when they're at their puppy stages I'll definitely make up for that 
that's that's so good that like I feel like that exposure as Chris said allows you to overcome your fear because I'm kind of similar to how you were before like I've never had any traumatic experiences but I've never been like an animal lover or an animal person mm-hmm. simply because we've never had any pets growing up and I don't know like I'm always kind of scared when I see a dog and I think that just comes from not knowing and like not having that experience because I'm sure that if I had a puppy like yourself Suthi I probably would warm up to him like over time like you did and yeah. um, that's just so cute like seeing how at the beginning you were so scared and now you guys are like best friends and like you just like absolutely spoil him I just yeah, like, you have to come up and visit him sometime yeah yeah that would be so cute and I feel like it's so good especially you know that you got him before lockdown and now it's like such a good excuse for you to go outside mm-hmm. because you kind of like you have to get him out do you know what I mean so it's a good excuse for you to like go on walks as well yeah because it's not just me I have to because if it was just me I'd just be like oh I can't I'm too lazy to go on a walk because it's him I have to you know make myself go mm-hmm. yeah and you said you, you called him buddy is that his name yeah oh cute a weagle oh. who, who came up with the name my brother Oh, that's nice. And what what is it like? Because now you're at home, right? You're you're staying with your family. What is it like staying at home? You know, before you were living independently at university, now you're back home because of lockdown. What's that? What has that been like? So basically, before uni started, I was literally telling all like my whole family, like, "Oh, I'm moving out. I'm never gonna come back home again. <laughs> like, this is the last time you'll be seeing me." But I think, I guess, when I got to uni, I was like, "Oh, I actually have to take care of myself now." Like to make food I have to do the laundry and I know like I guess like to be honest when I was at home I took those things for granted like honestly speaking and I guess when I went to uni it just hit me that it's actually a lot of work it's not it's not easy so I feel like whenever I'm home it's like obviously I love uni like I love spending time with my friends I love having that independence however I really enjoy staying at home after like after I guess the uni experience because at uni you were expected to be much more independent and I guess I can like I can be independent take care of myself and you know and obviously there's friends that you're surrounded with that which is awesome however I just feel like home is you know I've been here for so long before uni like it just feels I guess like home and it's just nice to be back I think academics wise I focus much more when I'm at home because I did my nat fives hires my advanced hires sitting on like one bench not one bench one chair in the kitchen like if I sit there and work then like anything can get done because like that environment is just what I I've been exposed to growing up I don't know if you guys have had the same feeling so I when I'm doing like virtual like uni at home it's I feel like I'm privileged to have like people take care of me and like food on the tables it's been really really nice for me um how do you guys feel about that I totally relate to what you're saying about having food on the table like my mom always texts me pictures of food when she cooks for everybody back home and I'm just like gosh like I have to go cook myself and sometimes you know you're busy doing other things and you don't prioritize eating like I didn't do that today so I, I'm starving but um after we we filmed this I'm definitely having uh, something to eat and yes I do think that I was super productive back home I had like my a whole like dining table just to myself spread my notes all around but I feel that nowadays maybe because it's been so long and because like during my five years of university I didn't go back home home like to where my parents live to study I don't associate that area as my study space anymore and so yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't say I would focus better there that's why I'm I'm living you know away from home even during lockdown I decided not to go back just because I know that I just get nothing done I'm such a slob (laughs) when I'm back home but it's like ridiculous like I'm my parents spoiled me so much that I genuinely like just couch like kitchen table like sometimes they get food brought to me this is really bad but it's so lazy such a lazy experience that I really cherish when you just on during holidays spending time with family etc yeah but I really really appreciate this level of independence that I get by just living by myself and as you said there is 
downsides to that you know you have to do everything by yourself and have more discipline but I think that is the key like I like living on my own just because I get to exercise that discipline that ultimately Mm -hmm. helps me towards all of my other goals that I know I wouldn't get as far in this podcast if I was still living at home and I wouldn't learn so many other things if I was still living at home and another thing is that by living with housemates now I get to experience or sort of understand their way of thinking and it's nice to be away from your family because I I think we're very similar we're really really close-knit family a lot of people say Monica and I are very similar as well and so we think very similarly. And so living with other people having, that have other ways of thinking is very cool because it challenges the way that you think. And you're like, oh, I've done this this way my whole life. Actually, I didn't think about your perspective. Let's try this out. Maybe it works that way too. Maybe it's better for me. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I guess just to touch up on that, like I think the reason why I like staying at home is because, you know, food, like thankfully, like food on the table, like you people like people I guess take care of you and what I think when I go to uni I like I work 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 and as you said like I never like I guess like now I know my problem you just told me like my own problem like I don't prioritize food or like I don't prioritize taking care of myself because I just study 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 and I'm like oh no it's 11 o'clock I've not had dinner so I just go and have like I like baked beans or like a can mm-hmm. of baked beans. Like, I never I guess, you know, my to-do list at uni is just, it just kind of, I think, falls apart more compared to if I'm at home. Because at home, you don't have to think about dinner or food and you can just keep working, 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 which I think is much more maybe toxic in the long run because you know that like you don't need to get up and make food if like other people are making food, which challenges me now. Like, what should I do? Yeah. I wanted to say I'm kind of in between because I went home for about one to two weeks like during the exam just before the exam period like over the Easter holidays and I had like a period of like what Chris was describing like feeling like a bit of a slob and not doing anything and just relying on like my parents to like make food and literally like my mom would literally bring me food to the table like I would be studying on the desk and she would be like oh food food like I wouldn't even have to like wash any dishes I know that sounds like really bad but um yeah like she would just be like okay I'll 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 make you food whereas when I'm at uni like I have no other choice and I think I've developed this thing of like knowing that I have to like wake them not wake up that I have to stand up and like make food and come back and like actually to be fair I think food is like my biggest distraction and I think I use food as like um a break when I'm studying so I'm I would say I'm quite good in terms of like getting up making food eating it and then coming back to work because I know like I physically cannot work for long periods of time if I don't eat like like I I would feel physically ill like I just cannot physically, if personal. Um, I really improve on that. Like I hundred percent. Like I need to improve on that because I I just if I haven't got a task done by the time I wanted to get a task done, I just have to finish that task before I think about food or taking care of myself at all. Like I don't know if you guys have had that, but you remind me of my brother. <laughs> my I brother is the same. <laughs> You know what I was thinking? I was like, you guys are both, um, I don't believe in horoscopes, but you guys are both Capricorn, right? Your yeah. You guys are literally both Capricorn and you have so many like similarities in terms of like the whole, um, just focusing on something for like a very long period of time and like <laughs> not eating. For me, like, I'm, yeah, I think I have a better, I used to probably not be a, a good at this, but I think I've tried to exercise and just be a bit better with like having to do the chores at home and like having to cook because I know myself like no one else is going to do it for me and I don't want to start because I feel like it will have a knock-on effect on like the next day and like personally like when I'm ill I am ill like if you guys know you know like when I'm ill I will not be ill for like an hour like a day or two like I will be ill for like a whole entire week so I'm like, I need to prioritize like eating and like feeling myself and, and making sure that like I prepare, like when I buy foods and when I buy groceries, like I need to prepare 
and make sure that I have like meals for the whole entire week and like prepare my meals and stuff. And sometimes like I don't eat enough and I eat like, as you said, um, Stuthi, you were saying like you just eat baked beans. Like sometimes I just have like, like bread and like something on top for dinner. But I try to like really prioritize the food and make time for that because I it just had such a knock on effect on my like health and mental health as well. Like I feel it so much when I don't eat. Like that is the one thing that like just brings my mood down 100%. So I think that as long as I'm like taking some time out, like for, for me, like I meditate, like I try to meditate every single day. That really helps me. And also just like food, food for me is like, it just makes me so much better. Even if I'm like stressed, like if I have food, like it will bring my mood up. Um, and lastly, I just wanted to say with regards to like, for example, when I'm back home, I do focus like there was some there were some days during that period that I came back home where I was super, super focused because I was actually said Stuthi like in the same spot that I when I did like my advanced tires and my hires and I was just really focused. But also for some reason, like I've just got a really good setup now at uni and like I'm like really good at like just study, study, study kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think both work for me, but I think being back in Glasgow probably works better just because I don't have as many distractions as I would back home and I could just like fully focus so yeah although I do have to like take care of all of the other stuff like cooking and blah 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 you have to do with with being independent but you know yeah I mean I think we shouldn't wrap up the the episode because it's getting a bit long but I I totally agree with you Monica I think food is so important but uh yeah thank you so much for being on the podcast Duty. Thank you um, so much for having me. Yeah. Do you have a message, final message for our listeners? Um, I guess be safe and stay well. And Excellent. Well, thank you so much for everybody listening, if you've made it this far. Yeah, hope you enjoyed the, the episode. This is episode number 30. Can't believe it. Wow. Um, but yeah. Thank you so much, Duty, for being here today. Well, thanks for having me. It's been so, so nice. Like, I feel like this is more of a catch-up podcast more than anything. Long catch-up overdue, yeah. <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much, everyone. We will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.